Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Hello, hello. I'm super excited to share with you today's podcast sponsor, my favorite self-care brand, Audenel. The spring bundles are here, which is so exciting because that means spring is on its way. I love these self-care bundles. It's the best way to transition seasons. This one comes with two amazing candles, Himalayan salt scrub, a real sea sponge, amazing little matches. It's like my favorite matches holder of all time. I know that sounds so crazy, but I'm obsessed with these matches. Playlist, meditation, recipe, everything to guide your transition into spring. You can learn more at audenel.com, A-U-D-A-N-D-E-L.com and use my code Krista10 at checkout. Again, that's A-U-D-A-N-D-E-L.com and use my promo code Krista10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Thank you, Audenel. Thank you, Tiffany, for everything you do. I love supporting this brand. Rachel Brayton is a Swedish native, New York Times bestselling author, serial entrepreneur, and international yoga teacher living in Aruba with her husband, Dennis, and their baby girl, Leia Luna. She's the founder of one of the first online yoga platforms, the now retired 108.com, which was the most successful crowdfunded, crowdfunded yoga project of all time. That platform has since grown and transformed into the Yoga Girl site and is now made up of a vast community of dedicated practitioners from all over the world looking to cultivate balance create space for inner healing and deepen their yoga practice. Rachel is also the owner of Island Yoga, the largest yoga studio in the Caribbean, where she hosts yoga teacher trainings, retreats, workshops, and classes year-round. Giving back to the community has always been at the center of Rachel's initiatives. She runs two nonprofits, Sergeant Prepper's Friends, an animal rescue foundation based in Aruba, and Yoga Girl Foundation, an organization benefiting women and children in need. Rachel is also my old boss, my old roommate and old friend. Welcome. Oh, I love the last part the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's most true. Yeah. It's nice to see you. It's nice to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on your podcast. I know. Well, it's funny because I'm going to, I think, use this as my two-year podcast celebration episode. And I was looking back um, and you were really supportive when I decided to launch this. You were voice noting me and you were like, do it. It's the best thing I ever did. Like 100% support. You should just do it. Go for it. And I like still have that voice note. And that was two years ago. 
Um, wow. Time flies. Yeah. And you've always been very supportive of me and I don't really want to walk down memory lane in this podcast episode. Um, I met you at a very messy time in my life, but I do want to say, uh, meeting you changed the course of my river and I am endlessly grateful for the spiritual, professional, personal, you gave me this uh, new view and of what's really possible, I think, um, meeting you and living with you. And it was a really crazy time for me. I was going through a terrible breakup and um, you put up with a lot. And I've now had employees that remind me of me that I've since fired because they're so <laughs> high maintenance, <laughs> take up so much energy, but it was an amazing opportunity. And it truly like, um, you know, expanded my view of what is possible. And so much of the heart centered work I do, I learned from working for you. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you, um, for that. (laughs) Oh, thanks for sharing that. It does bring me back. Like it's impossible for us to do a podcast and not go down memory lane. Like that's just, that's impossible. Well, I will say this, I was looking back on it and I'm like, we're nuts. Like we're both nuts. Like, would you agree that you're a little bit nuts? I mean, are you really asking that? Yeah. Because (laughs) this is why, and I will say this. So Rachel and I had only met one time and I, on a whim, without even knowing where Aruba was, uh, went on a yoga retreat with you. Um, I was going through a terrible breakup. And after a week of knowing each other, you said, move in with me. And I said, yes. And we're both crazy. And I think that it was just... I've continued to follow my gut in those fuck yes moments. And, Mm -hmm. um, that was one of the first ones, um, that really paid off. So I've continued to like lead with that. Hey, I want this. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's try. Yeah. I've been called (laughs) impulsive, but here we are. So here we are. And at that uh, time, I remember too, I, I remember telling Dennis, I'm like, this girl wants to work for, work, work for us. I think she could be a great fit. We had so many needs, like we couldn't keep our things together. Like, let's go. And so much of my decision-making, well, much less now, but in my past has really happened that way. Like just from feel, just from flow. And worst thing is like, it doesn't work out. Okay. You know, what's the, what's really the end of the world scenario that we imagine on the un- other end of that jump? it's very rarely an end of the world scenario, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's totally worked out for me. I mean, every big decision for me has been either come from a heartbreak, um, or this like super impulsive, like strong fuck yes. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I stayed in Aruba and I learned how to, uh, run business in a heart centered way. I was working in, um, Hollywood before that. So I went from working in like very cutthroat to working for you. And one of the first things I remember, I was like writing back to an email and, um, you were like, the answer was no to whatever it is that, that someone was asking. But I was like, per my conversation with Rachel, like the blah, blah, blah. And you were like, <laughs> like we can just like say something like a much nicer, you know, like this is, you know, we're not like in Hollywood, we like run a yoga business and like, this is going to be a heart centered situation. And just, that was like one of this ahas, like, oh, there's a new way of doing business. And my whole company is rooted in that, in authenticity and working with good people. And, and yeah, so 
it's been a wild ride and that was in 2013. So that was a long time ago and you've just blown up in a massive way. I was looking at one of your past bios that was a little cringe, like we were talking before, but it said, uh, Rachel Brayton uh, has a massive Instagram following of 200,000, you know, um, and it's just blown up since then. It's become one of the biggest yoga platforms in the world. So what's going on? How are you? Tell me everything. What's new in your world today? Compared to 2013, oh my God, new, new life. I feel like every month, I feel like we have a, a new, a new up-leveling of some sort happening, happening in, in my world, at least right now. Um, I mean, I, I recorded a podcast with a good friend of mine a, a week or so ago, Jen Pasteloff, you, you know her too. Mm -hmm. And she did that thing where she read a bio of mine, but it was like a bio from not 2013, but it was like two years old, which isn't that, that long ago. And just hearing it read back to me was like, man, I used to do so much. Like my life was so full of doing all the time. And already before the pandemic, I had like a big eye-opening moment of, I want to continue to be this productive. I want to continue to make a change. I want to continue for the businesses to grow, but I don't want to be immersed in this doing all the time. So now 2021 version of me, um, I feel like I, I do get the same amount of stuff done, like business and things like that is going with more flow, with more ease, more growth than ever before. But when I look at my day, I'm like, what did I do today? Well, I spent an hour in the garden, took a bath, picked up my kid from school, recorded a podcast, like wrote something, you know, like I have a very, very spacious life right now. And I'm really grateful for that. And I think I have to update my bio to reflect it. Yeah. Well, I think that that's really powerful, especially because you work so hard and have such a drive. Like, I don't know how many people, you know, know this about you, but you work so hard. Like your work ethic to me was one of the most inspiring things. And what's also been really inspiring as I start a family and as I'm sort of like figuring out how to remove myself from being the business to being a business owner, I've been looking a lot to you and I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for that exact reason. Um, and my question is your drive to have this, you know, incredible effect. Like the work that you do is so healing for so many. And like you said, you're still getting it all done. But when did that, like how, I get that you decided you wanted it to switch, but how did you actually start making those changes to, I don't know if it's relinquish control, delegate more, like what is it? What's the secret to sort of pulling out and being more of a business owner versus like being the business, which is what you were for so long because it's the yoga girl business. Like it's you, um, even more so than my company, it's marketing agency. It's not Krista. Um, but it was like all things Rachel. And I just am so impressed with how you've been able to do that and slow down, especially knowing how type a and very just you driven you are and have always been. So can we unpack that a little bit more? <laughs> Help it's me. a hard, I mean, it's a lot of different components for sure. But one of the things that I realized that this was kind of a give and take, like I was immersed in a lot of day-to-day -day stuff that I actually didn't enjoy. 
Right. And of course, running a business, having a life, like you're going to have to walk down the roads of doing things that aren't always super exciting and super, you know, you're going to have to pay your fucking taxes and like sit with spreadsheets and budgeting and have boring meetings. And it's a part of it. But I had a lot of day to day that I was really immersed in all the time that I didn't enjoy anymore. One of them being social media. And social media is how I built my entire business. It was kind of a, a harsh awakening, realizing that I actually felt no joy whatsoever creating content for social media anymore. Like the idea of like, you know, going into a yoga pose with a nice background for someone to take a photo of me. Like I, and I really did kind of despise that part of, of what I was doing every day for a long time before I actually quit. And it was one of those things like, this is what's growing the business. It's growing the the platform. It's growing the engagement. I have to post like five, six, seven times a day, which is what I used to do. Yeah. Um, But actually I really, 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 really dislike having to sort of disengage from a conversation because the sunset's great. And that would make a good photo. Like that's not who I am at all. And I really, you know, I never was one of those influencers who felt comfortable having her photo taken in front of other people. I was always like, how can we go hide and do this thing? Totally. I remember that it was like so stealth, you know, you would like take it so quickly, do the thing, take the selfie, do the thing. It was never like, like, Hey, you know, so-and-so I have to do this collab with them. Can you take this really quickly? Um, and it worked totally. Um, It worked, but it was still one of those things where like I was kind of feeding the machine of social media with imagery that didn't always actually mean much, you know, and I had to kind of make this decision. Okay. I know if I stop doing that, if I stop posting seven times a day, if I stop having so much, you know, attention into this part of my life, the channels are going to suffer. The growth is going to slow down. It's going to be a different thing, but what is that going to do to my life? If I stop having this idea of, I have to fulfill this need of this beast, you know, that, that Instagram sort of became for me. So I stopped, you know, and I, I don't, it wasn't like I had a definite, you know, one day of like today, I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and then sort of, it, it just sort of happened. I started choosing to, to be immersed in day-to-day things that I really, really, really enjoy. So what my social media presence is now, like sometimes I'll have three days and I'm not sharing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes I'll share one thing every day, but for me to share something twice a day, is like never, ever going to happen, you know? And, um, it was just a mindset shift of what kind of life do I want and how much am I willing to compromise my own joy for that life to come to fruition? And for me, it just wasn't worth it. So that was one thing, um, that really helped. But in the big, big, big picture of slowing down, you know, which is this idea I've always had in my life. Like I want to slow down. Everything should slow down. I want to be in the moment, but actually I was operating at 150 miles per hour all the time because I didn't know how, how, how else to do it. Like trying to slow down when, when no one ever taught you how to do that or when you never felt safe moving in a slow pace, it's not accessible. I feel that. Like we think if we try really hard. Yeah. If I meditate enough, if I do enough self-care, if I do enough retreats or processes or therapy, like I'll get there. But it's like we're not wired that yeah. way. And unpacking that part, which was like, what is my actual motivation? for all of this underneath the, I really like what I do. I love leading retreats. I love, you know, having a job that fulfills me. I love being of service. I love having these organizations. Like I have so many things I love. So when someone asks me why, like, what's your drive? I would say community service, which is true, 
But underneath all of that was kind of this bottomless pit of like, I don't know who I am if I'm not producing something, if I'm not giving something, providing something, succeeding at something. It's like, I'm not, I'm worthless. I'm not, not even existing. You know, that was my motivation. And getting to that place of understanding that took, I mean, I mean, it was so heavy and so hard, but it was such an eye-opening thing of, oh, I'm actually not doing this because of service and community. Like that's an added bonus that I get on top of this, this ceaseless fire to never, ever stop. And that was something I had to deal with. And that's where I've been for the past three years. I feel like I'm there now. Like, Mm -hmm. who am I without the business is something that keeps coming up a lot for me. And who am I without, you know, like I'm so emotionally invested and attached to it, but also there's an ego component. Like, obviously all my clients are doing amazing work in the world. Like I think of you as sort of the first person who was, you know, a boss client, whatever you want to say that, that it's like, I wasn't teaching the yoga, but because of what, first of all, if you've never taken a class with Rachel or you live under a rock, um, it's still hands down. I've taken yoga all over the world. Like the, you are so in flow when you are teaching those classes, like it's still the best class I've ever had, like from a body place, but also like an emotional place. It's like just the most powerful experience. And for me now, I feel, you know, for working with you, it was like, I'm not, you know, the one affecting these people, but I get to help Rachel behind the scenes run her business so that she can affect all these people. And that's still what I do to this day is I help the people reach the people that are healing the people. Right. So I see that as like a very important thing. And I take it so seriously. Like I'm so serious. If people are like laughing on calls or having fun, I'm just like, hello, like we have so much to do. And it's like, we're not saving lives here. Right. Like we're creating strategies for like marketing tools. But for me, it's so much bigger than that. And I know for you, it was so much bigger than that too. But coming to that realization of who am I without this and the drive to go so, so fast, it affects my relationships. It affects my marriage. My husband is my business partner. He's very slow. He's very much like Dennis, um, detached in a lot of ways, lets me have this experience without getting on the roller coaster with me. And so I can be like having an experience and he'll just chill. And it's so, it's so good, but it also takes a toll. And I'm in this place now where I'm like really wanting to slow down. I had a crazy like burnout happen this year and I had to slow down. I had to restructure. And what's crazy is the business is fine. Like the business is fine. And it's not about that. It's about like this deeper unworthiness wound, whatever it is needing to do more, do better, never be good enough that we have ingrained in us. And I think that's such a powerful answer, especially coming from you, because I think so many people look up to and wouldn't expect that. Yeah, I know. And it's also like, it's hard to not put on the facade of, of being really fine when your business is doing amazing. Right. Yes. Know? Cause it's one thing if you're like, if you're struggling and you're uphill and I'm fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting, but it's not working, then yeah, I think it's more of a reality check of, okay. So it's, it's kind of a, it's hard to contradict yourself when you have had this recipe for some sort of success. You know, all of this has worked really well for me. It served me super well in my life. It served me in my relationships, but at some point, 
Like, this is what I'm talking about in therapy. Now it's like, I set up my whole entire life in a way that works perfectly for me because I get to fix everything all the time. But then when I get tired, you know, and I don't want to provide anymore, or I don't, I just want to be held. I want someone to come in and swoop me up and fix me. I want to lie on the floor and go, no, then literally all those relationships, they, they don't function because it's like a shock. It's like, and I get that with my husband. I get that with family. I get that with friends, with work. It's like, if I step away from my dynamic that I curated over a lifetime, really carefully, the whole world goes, wait, what? Like, what do we do now? You know, like if I'm not there to like push everyone up the mountain, like, what do we do now? And once I give that space of like, actually, I'm not going to I'm not going to be here for that. And people start to realize like, oh, I get to have a say, like I get to figure out how to push the rock up the mountain. It's not going to be how Rachel would have told me to do it or the way that I think is the perfect way, but they get there and they get there every time. And sometimes they get there faster or in more creative ways than I could have ever micromanaged, you know? Amen. So it's like a gift to me. It's a gift to everyone when I step away and I let people do what they, what they do. And this past year has been such a, I mean, such a wonderful, just in embodiment of that, I feel of just like, there's nothing to do now. (laughs) Magic. Yeah. It's beautiful. I have somebody on my team now. I've like, really, it's taken a while. I think like building a team, like was managing people is just really hard. And I finally have people in the business that have full autonomy. Like, I don't know what they're doing all day. You know, I just know it's getting done and I've been able to release control. And for me, it's like very much my, my anxiety. I just did this like crazy rapid transformational therapy situation. Cause I too, am like, what is happening? And like, how do I grow from this? And what came out was my anxiety feels that if I relax, if I rest, everyone around me dies. Truly. Like if I rest, it's over and how to rewire that and how to, you know, actually come to a place of like, that's not true. And how do we, I think for right now, for what I'm doing is like having that trust in the people around me that show up. And if I give them the opportunity to show up, they do, but I'm too busy controlling that the fear of them not showing up, you know? And so it's this whole crazy thing, but I think business for me has been like the most spiritual experience. Um, I'm not a mom yet, so I can only imagine. Um, and that was sort of my next question was, do you feel like motherhood and having this like angel basically that you've created to take care of that actually needs you? Um, has that, played a big role in this? Or do you feel like you would have gone to this place anyway? Like how has motherhood sort of shifted the, the big picture? I mean, it's shifted, it shifted everything. Of course, the way first time motherhood or motherhood of all kinds just, just sort of does. But I think in the very beginning, you know, it it took me a while to kind of, it took me a while to figure it out. Like there were certain things that were just there and they were so obvious and like the love and how I want to raise her and my presence with her and certain things that are just non-negotiable that were so easy for me. But at the same time, I had this idea of like, I, I, I taught, what was it? Nine retreats the first year of her life. Like that's, and two teacher trainings. That's crazy. Like that's what I, that's. That's that nine groups. The first year, the first one was she was four weeks old and I was doing like 
a collaboration retreat for a big skincare brand. She was four weeks old. I was like supposed to be in bed postpartum, you know, and the idea for me, first of all, before I had, before I gave birth, the idea to like, I'm going to have to change my life or I'm going to want to change my life. I, it didn't occur to me. It was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be great. I see all these moms on social media, like making calls, nursing their baby. Like this is going to be awesome. She's just going to fit right into this flow. We were building our, our yoga studio here then. And I, I still like, I have a, I have my office. It's like a co-office that's with doors you can close in the middle. And half of it was a baby room with a crib diaper station, like a full on decked out baby room in my office so that I could have her there all the time, leading retreats and groups and things like that. And what I didn't expect was not only like, did I have to change my life, but I would really want to change my life. And that was kind of an unimaginable. Yeah. Like I didn't want to be there in that capacity anymore. I wanted to be home. I wanted to just, my priorities changed altogether. And actually I didn't want to be that person doing half of of two things, Mm. which is what, what it became the first, that first year was so hard. Oh my God. I think of that year and it's like a little traumatizing. It's like, I'm thinking back to like, Oh, I have to like shake it off because it was, I was, I felt so alone. I was doing everything, you know, running all these businesses. We had like 40 employees at the time teaching nonstop, didn't slow down and felt like I didn't have really a person to be like, Hey, you know, permission to like be a mom, which is the most intense full-time job of any kind, you know, to not sleep, to like worry all the time. It was awful. And it's honestly one of the reasons why, like, I would love to give her a sibling, but I don't want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Even though I know it would be different now. It's like, our lives are so good now. So calm, so quiet. I don't want to sacrifice that peace for anything, you know? And I don't really trust myself either to like, yeah, I won't work for a year if I get pregnant again. Like, I don't know if I could do that, you know? Like, this is me not working. Like, I'm not working. I haven't worked for a year. And it's like, I'm always working, you know? Yeah. I feel like just this, like such a groundedness energy around everything that you're saying. It's just like peaceful. It's just like very peaceful, very calm. And I think that this social media conversation, I'm sure people want to ask you about this all the time, but, um, I work with a lot of people in the spiritual community that have really big Instagram followings and the amount of hate that I see. And like, it's a good thing that I'm like, not famous because I would just like live in my comments, just like going back to every, you know, just like writing back to every single person. Like I'm not meant to have a big following because I, I'm so righteous. I'm one of the most righteous. Like I'm just incredibly righteous. I get in fights on Trevor's. That, like a jet, like a big Gemini trait. <laughs> like I'm, but how do you manage your comment section? Like yeah. what, what Clay says is I have strong opinions loosely held, you know? And so, Uh, but this whole cancel culture this year, I just feel that, um, it's been, I've watched so many of the people that I like really love and respect go through it. And like, I watched from afar, this like situation that happened with you, um, in Aruba and I'm watching right now, one of my close friends who has a big following, like just, it's so weird in the spiritual community. Like if I post something, for example, because I'm like, I have like a marketing company, right? So it's like business, um, about like a price point of something like, Oh, my course is 500 bucks or like, Oh, I sold 400 guidebooks or whatever. 
everyone's like, congrats. That's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just like showered in like women in business, like badass business women. And then if my friends that have like more spiritual based businesses or musicians or artists or photographers or healers, God forbid, charge money for something, um, the amount of hate and the amount of pushback is just unreal. And I do feel that this year in 2020, people are really bored. People are at home and people are really bored. And to me, that's honestly been the biggest contributor to like all the hate that I've seen. And I, on the small, small scale, like really align with everything you've been saying about social media. And I feel uh, that I can't leave it right now. Like most of my clients come from there. Um, most of the people that take my courses, that buy my things, that listen to my podcast. And in that way, those people are the ones I'm talking to. But this is a long-winded way of saying like, in 2014 or 2015, when you were on tour, for example, everybody who bought a ticket to that event, there would be like a thousand, 2000, 3000 people in a room. And they were all there to support you because they wanted to be there. They were fans. They were like, um, invested. They were happy to spend money, but I feel like, and same thing with like musicians, right? When somebody goes to a concert, it's like all the fans are there. But on social media, it's like your fan is right next to your hater and they're like both living in this space and how to sort of like react and manage that. Like after everything you've been through, do you have any like advice or prayer or wisdom or just anything you want to say about it to the people who might be experiencing like any advice I could give my clients who are just like experiencing this because I've watched you deal with it with grace. And I just don't know what I would do in that situation. Yeah. I'm going to give you really spiritual advice now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Block those motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) So spiritual. Honestly, honestly, my whole ethos around it and I don't know, I don't honestly don't know if it helped or not. My, my ethos in the beginning was everyone's opinion is valid. Kind of like, it's not my platform, but it's this community space where everyone can say what they're feeling. As long as they're not like harassing somebody or using hate speech or something like that, like all opinions welcome, which meant I just took a lot of shit from a lot of people for a really long time and would leave really nasty comments up because I didn't want to be the person who just curated her feed to just have the yay sayers there. I don't want, which is also like a a thing, you know, you don't want everyone to just say, you're great, you're great, you're awesome, you're awesome, and never get any constructive feedback ever. But constructive feedback, like we get enough of that in every area of our lives. I don't think anyone is sitting with, man, I could really use some more criticism right now. Let me, let me make sure I have enough of it. Like we criticize ourselves constantly. We pick ourselves apart. We have those people in our lives and our businesses and our, in our communities, like that criticism is there. We don't need more of it. And I think more than boredom, I mean, especially the, the, this pandemic year, like people are suffering. And I think mm-hmm. some people, and it has a lot to do with privilege, hundred percent, Some people were able to pivot, maybe already had some things into place to be able to pivot and actually do well during this year. Like everyone who ever had anything to do with the online world or courses, or like I already had a subscription platform. I did like the day quarantine started for us. I was like, let's do a 40 day challenge. And we're there live on a subscription platform that people could pay for every day. Like that happened in one day for me. 
Whereas most people out there didn't have that in place. So it was already a hill to climb, but probably a hill they could climb. Like everyone can learn how to create courses from home and find a great site and, 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 and a good plugin to create that for themselves. Like it's not that challenging, but then there's a lot of people who don't have that opportunity at all, right. Who are stuck in mm-hmm. a nine to five or worse kind of grave digger night shifts, um, just in a space where the idea of doing something where act, my actual work happens online, it's not possible. It's not there for me. I have four kids. I have a student loan. Like I, I have a mortgage. I have all of these reasons why this is just not an avenue for me. And I think when there's a lot of suffering, there's going to be a lot of suffering that shows out into the open and who better to trigger the wound of, you know, of lack of, I wish I had that privilege, or I wish I had those tools. I wish I had that money. I wish I had that support, all the things that people maybe feel that they're lacking. It's really triggering. I I think to see people having success working from home with no issues in the world, like I'm sure. And I try to put myself in, in that position whenever um, whenever I get a negative and it can be like a little, oh, like you're taking a bath again. Like I get comments like that. And it's like, yeah, I am taking a bath again. But then also maybe that person never, never gets to take a bath ever. All they want is a fucking 30 minutes in the bath alone without their kids yelling, without their husband needing. Like maybe that person never gets a bath. Like I would be upset too, you know, doesn't mean I have to invite them into my space. Right. But just taking Mm -hmm. that standpoint means I can detach a little bit from the personal feeling of like, she's hating on me because something is wrong with me. And I have to defend that. It's just the objective space of I'm triggering her right now. Oh, my life is so precious. Yes. I took a bath again, two days in a row. I'm taking a bath in this beautiful space. I'm really grateful for that. And I can ignore that person. I can delete the comment without blocking them. And chances are they don't come back up again. If it's repetitive, you know, I can send them some love and block them and be on my way. But I don't have to engage in this idea of I have to defend something, you know, because their comment, Mm. it's about them and their life. It's not about my life. They're not living my life. I am. That's very compassionate of you. Yeah. But then you can just block that motherfucker too. You know, you can block them (laughs) with compassion. Like you can do that. It's entirely possible to like draw a line in the sand and say, here's a boundary Like I'm sending you love, but I don't need this in my space at all. Oftentimes I'll just delete something and then they won't come back again. But I have certain people who every day, sometimes five times a day, create a new trolling account to send me the same hateful message. Like, and that can go on for weeks, you know, weeks. Wow. That's so amazing to me that like so much of what I talk about is energy. And I tell my clients this, but like, I feel a little hypocritical saying it because if I were to personally experience it, I don't know if I would have the same reaction. And I remember talking to you about this a long time ago. It's like haters are actually like undercover fans in some weird way because they're giving you their energy. And like our energy is so sacred. Like it's the most sacred thing. And for somebody to go out of their way every day to give you their energy, to make that troll account, to do the thing, to like put that energy towards you. To me, I still think it's like some weird, weirdly positive thing, even if it's so negative. And I say that now, but I haven't had somebody create a new troll account every day to hate on me. So I mean, and also when there's politics involved, like I lost a hundred thousand followers around the election times, like from uh, when, like around from, from election to when Biden 
took office just talking about my disdain for Trump. I lost 100,000 people. And I think in, in a certain sense this year, because everything is so divisive, and I think I had a lot of people who really did consider themselves fans or who maybe were on the platform who loved the content that I shared. And then all of a sudden I'm telling them, hey, you know, you're voting for this person who is putting all this racist shit in, in policy. I don't want you on my platform, regardless of if you think you're racist or not. I don't want you on my platform. And that kind of the lashback I got from that was very intense and I think really emotional, too, because there was this love yeah. foundation there and then they felt not welcomed anymore. But for me, it was more of a like claiming my space and make it really clear. I don't want anyone to be delusional thinking like, you know, this is an apolitical space and, you know, hide behind the yoga and love and light, but then actually they're putting horrible viewpoints and causing harm to people in the world. Like, I don't want that in this space. So I'd rather clear yeah. out a little bit, but having that balance and engaging, if it's not constructive, never, like don't. You know, and if something triggers, then, okay, can I sit with this, meditate on this, contemplate this? Can I make a blog about it and just write my viewpoint instead of going back and forth with this one person who's already out to get me, you know, who's already out to yeah. like make me look really stupid or, you know, bring that negativity or hate. I don't have to debate them because I don't know them, you know, and they don't know me, but I can still think about things if it's triggering because it's also triggering for a reason. Totally. But, yeah. Is, and I think yeah. in some ways it can, it can be really healthy. Like I've gotten a few comments just, you know, I got my first hater email actually over the summer and I was kind of excited mm. because I know someone like wrote a whole email and I was like, this is awesome. Um, but it did cause me to like, really think about a lot of things. And I think that that's healthy. Like I always think we should be questioning ourselves, questioning our motives, but at the same time, like you said, it's not always about us. And I do think that one reason why it really works, like I can't not think with my marketing hat on nowadays and why something works and why something doesn't work. And the reason why I feel that your platform works is it goes back to one thing and that's authenticity and authenticity wins and it's winning over and over and over again. People are becoming more and more conscious of where their money's going, who their money's going to. Like people are really waking up. I've seen a massive change in consumerism, um, especially even in 2020 and COVID, like a shift to supporting small business. You know, people care energetically where their money is going to. And I think what I really appreciate about you, and it just sort of clicked for me. And I, it's funny, like, I interview people that have had like really massive influence on my life. And I'm like, that's where that came from. And then it just sort of clicks and it's super specific. Like your platform is not for everybody. You are not for everybody. It's for somebody that you're wanting to heal, that you're wanting to help talk to, help reach, help connect with, help share your tools with. And it's not for everyone. And when you talk to everyone, you're actually talking to no one. And I think the more specific you get, the more like space, that you claim, the more stances you take. And I think that, you know, I actually don't even hundred percent agree with everything you post, but I'm like, that's awesome. You know? And like that to me, I would rather it be authentic than me agree. And that is something over the last few years that when I'm looking at social media accounts, when I'm looking at brands, businesses, people who really inspire me, who I'm like, yeah, I would want to support them. I would want to support their business. It's not, do I agree or not? It's, 
is this authentic? And is this truth? And from day one, I feel like you were authentic before it was a buzzword. You know, you were screaming truth from the rooftop before it was cool. And you're early on, we're writing posts that were like diary entries that were so honest and so raw and so vulnerable. And I really do believe like as a thought leader, serial entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, I hate to use the word influencer, but you are, you're influencing so many people. And I think that there is a responsibility to be more vulnerable than your audience, because that's what gives that permission. That's what allows that opportunity for that story to come through. Right. Because for every negative comment, there's thousands of positives like this changed my life or this post changed my life, or even what you're saying on this podcast, I'm like, I feel like I have a little bit more permission now to just like take a bath. I just started taking baths in COVID and like, what the fuck have I been doing my whole life? Like, (laughs) it's unreal. This, and, and the last thing I want to say about that is like, and I think that you really hit on something to just bring it all the way back is when you were talking about it, it doesn't come naturally. And a lot of people have been like, oh, we as women have to remember, we have to remember, we have to remember. And I think a lot of my spiritual practice is the remembering. But when it comes to slowing down and when it comes to softening, I feel that I'm learning that for the first time, maybe in like thousands of lifetimes. Like I am learning it. It is brand new. It is not a remembering for me. It is a rewiring. Like it is a new concept of like, this is okay and you're safe and you can rest and everyone will be okay if you rest. And it's not even my job to make, like, it's actually not my responsibility to make sure everybody's okay. And that's actually a really narcissistic way of thinking that it's like, you know, all on me. And, um, yeah. So so many people feel like that. I mean, all the time. Yeah. I think it's important to, to also acknowledge that that side of ourselves, that I think, you know, we start judging, you know, if I only could slow down, if I could only be less intense, if I could just stop working, if I could just enjoy the bath or, you know, remember how to be slow, all these ideas. It's like, it's served, it's served you really, really, really well at really crucial moments in your life to be the person who has her eye on all the balls at all times. Like at some point, like everyone who feels that way at some point in your life, chances are you saved your family from going under at a really shitty time of your life. You know, that those mechanisms that we have, they're not there because they're stupid or something's wrong with us, or we should just fix it. It's like, it really saved us at some point. And because that moment of savior, you know, because of that moment, it happened when we were really little, we get confused and we think that that's the way we have to be because we were in that age. So it's more kind of learning to love the fact that, oh, I have this ability to keep everybody safe. I have this ability to like bolster and cushion the people in my life from hardship. I have this ability to make everything happen. And that really saved my life. And then I can decide, okay, right now it's not saving my life anymore. So how can I love that? And instead of judging it or, you know, pushing it away when it's there, like, how can I just love that and also make space for this other side of me that I'm inviting now, maybe for the first time? Because they go, otherwise we reject, you know, otherwise we reject. And if we reject that side of ourselves, it's really hard to embrace any side. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's something I I say a lot is like, what got us here is like, it got us here, but it's not necessarily going to get me where I'm going. And I can have that gratitude that like, it got me here. Like I'm sitting here right now looking at the ocean 
in our home. And I like, can't believe that. And like, there was the work ethic, there was a level of just like high expectation and just being really controlling and all of these things that, that got me here. And now it's like, okay, it's, it's really time to soften now and, and create a life where I don't hit burnout and where I can not work, you know, 12 hours a day and where I can enjoy the sunsets and take long baths. And like, that's a win. And I think for so long for me, it was like being busy was like cool and being stressed was like cool. And like, that was such a big part of my identity. And so it's like really shifting and I've watched you do it like from afar, obviously we check in every now and then, but we don't know like the personal details of each other's lives. So you know, for more or less, I'm like, you know, a a yoga girl follower and that's all I know. Um, and I've watched it happen and it, and it does feel, I don't know, like an exhale, like it's, it's possible, especially because I do see myself, you know, so much in, in, in your work ethic. And, you know, when we were working together, like, you were working just as hard, if not harder, like we would come down, I would come out in the morning and you would already be at the table working, you know, and, and my dad was that way, you know, he was so, so, you know, always working, always fast, always working, always doing, always creating, always building. And I think for me, it's so much of it too, was about trying to prove. And I do believe that when you stop trying to prove is when you can start trying to create and start trying to build. And that's like what's happening for me. And I'm seeing it on your socials. Like I see gardening. I see I've garden. I have a yard. I never even had a yard. I don't know what I'm doing, but I have the most beautiful plants and I also enjoy them. And it's kind of crazy because I was traveling. I was busy. I was this, I was that, I was everywhere, this client, that client. And now it's just like, I've totally scaled back. I'm super boutique. I get to choose, you know, and I, I feel so privileged every single day that I get to choose who I work with because so many people don't have that. And, um, I do feel that we have a responsibility in that privilege to do this and it's happening and it's growing and I'm finding the more I slow down and the more I delegate, the happier my business is. And it's like, get out of the way. Get out of the <laughs> so, way. So true. Yeah. So true. Oh, this has been such a nice check-in and it, it just flowed so nicely. And I've been wanting to have you on this, obviously, you know, I tiptoe around the idea and the fact that I've, you know, worked with you and for you. And, um, it's just clay says all the time, you know, that was such a pivotal moment in your life for like Rachel to take a chance on you and we won't go back there, but it was a messy time and I was high maintenance and I was emotional and I was just learning the tools, you know, I was just learning yoga and, it's been, you know, retreats and trainings and, and Reiki master trainings and all this stuff later. And like, here we are. Uh, and it's, it's really cool. And I'm really proud of you and grateful. I'm proud of you. I really feel like everything sort of everyone, like I think back at 2013, how intense life felt then, like how many players were in our lives from different places. Like I felt like we were these magnets for people that just came from all over the world. And it was crazy. It was crazy. It was really like a vortex of just like, whoa, like a tornado of our lives. And now I look at everyone and it's like, everyone is really happy. Everyone has a really good life. And it was kind of like yeah. those years were just like a touch point for people to, to really connect and to really like figure out our lives, you know, which I was doing at the same time too. It's just, it's a blessing to be here doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy time. And it really, to me, you know, I came home from, 
from that and was like, I can do this. Like, this is what I want to do. I only want to work with people that are doing this kind of work. And it started out as yoga. And of course it's expanded. So beyond that, because there's amazing people in every industry, just doing such heart centered, beautiful work that's affecting so many. And at the end of the day, that's it. It's like, there's a radically honest way to do business. We can do it with love and business is very personal and it's possible to do it with a heart. And it just all comes back to that. So thanks for being here. Um, do you have any like calls to action? Or <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. I don't have any calls to action. No, I don't just everyone listening, take care of yourselves, like take care of yourselves every possible way. It's the best way to serve our families, our kids, our employees, our people, our communities is to make sure that we are okay. So permission to take that bath every day. <laughs> That's it. Mic drop. That's my plug. <laughs> uh, thanks. That was beautiful. Thanks for being here. Super, super nice to connect in this way. Um, I know we, we re- what we really need is like a bottle of wine in two hours, but um, this was a really beautiful way to connect. And I never forget that there's people listening and um, these podcast episodes. I know you feel this way too about yours. It's like absolute medicine for me. It's always like timing. Yep. 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 Like we, we texted like twice, you know, a month and a half ago. And of course, today's the day that that this happened and, Mm. and it's what I needed to hear. So it's all perfect. And for everybody listening, this was such a super special episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, keep growing.